After finding the remains of 215 children at the former Kamloops Indian Residential School, Touchline Thoughts would like to take a few moments to acknowledge the land we are on. We pass on our deepest respect and love to the lost children and their families, as well as the Indigenous, First Nations, Inuit, and Métis peoples who through the history of Canada have undeservingly lost their lands and lost their voices in our country. As we record this podcast, guests and ourselves reside in three major cities in Ontario. We acknowledge each one of them now. We would like to acknowledge the land on which we gather and which the region of Peel operates is part of the treaty lands and territory of the Mississaugas of the Credit. For thousands of years, Indigenous peoples inhabited and cared for this land. In particular, we acknowledge the territory of the Anishinaabek, the Huron-Wendat, Haudenosaunee, the Ojibwe, Chippewa peoples, the land that is home to the Métis, and most recently, the territory of the Mississaugas of the Credit First Nation, who are direct descendants of the Mississaugas of the Credit. We are grateful to have the opportunity to work on this land, and by doing so, give our respect to its first inhabitants. We acknowledge the land on which the City of Toronto resides as a traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabek, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat people, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit, and Métis peoples. We also acknowledge that Toronto is covered by the Treaty 13 with the Mississaugas of the Credit. In Ottawa, we acknowledge that we are standing on unceded Algonquin, Anishinaabek territory. They are the past and present caretakers of the waterways and the land that we call Ottawa. We are grateful to have the opportunity to be present in this territory. Now, back to your Touchline Thoughts episode. Welcome back to Touchline Thoughts, powered by the Garage Door Sports Network. We are currently sponsored by J&J Creations. Are you looking to get a gift, a piece of clothing, and or other customized items? Check out J&J on Instagram to place an order and speak with their design team. They ship across Canada. It can also provide pickup options. Shipping costs are subject to Canada Post. J&J Creations, where you can customize anything you want. So we have a lot to talk about in today's episode, and we will catch you after this. Before starting, before today's starting 11, um, a little bit of congratulations are in order. Um, Carly Lloyd has officially retired from international play. International? Yeah. I think it's just international. Yeah, international. Play. She was subbed off um, a couple of days ago, but yeah. what an end to a good career. Um, a yeah. solid number 10 who I think played in 15 different positions or something. There's 11, but you know, played in a multiple positions throughout her, throughout their career and a uh, big love and shout out to her and them. Yeah, definitely. Um, end of an era. Yeah, yeah. I'm like going to be really sad the day Christine Sinclair decides to hang up the boots. When do you think that's going to happen? I don't know. Is she trying to get to, to 200 goals? Or is it a World Cup? Like, is it the World Cup and then that's it? Like, 
wasn't that kind of what a lot of like a lot of them do is they do like one last big tournament and then they retire from international and then after that they retire from like yeah i mean if if christine sinclair wanted to retire it should have been right after the the gold medal because that was huge but yeah i think it's more so trying to get to 200 goals because i don't think anyone's going to touch that maybe viv will but if she if viv continues to score like eight goals a game maybe but true um, very true um well before we get into the heaviness of today our Canadian women's national team did their little victory tour in yeah. they had two games in Ottawa and Montreal against New Zealand and they won both. Woo-woo! Yeah. The gold. What do you make of the gold printed numbers? I love those. Kit? That shirts. was beautiful, eh? I think they're sweet. I'm kind of hoping that they they start to to put that into stores and like in women's sizes because apparently they don't do that. I cannot confirm nor deny that statement. I have no idea. There was a huge issue. I thought they did. I thought they have women's cut jerseys. I think they're just kind of hard to find. They're hard to find, so they're not easily accessible. But I'm not sure. But those the ones with the gold are pretty sweet. They were nice. They were very nice. Um, But let's get into the heaviness, I guess. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, but we will say this is a trigger warning for anyone who's gone through this um, and requires support. Uh, just hit pause and, and come back to it when you get that chance. Uh, I think, you know, talking about the wonderfulness of the Canadian national team, uh, there was still a story that worked side by side with it. And um, it had to do with sexual abuse, exploitation, uh, one count of child luring, apparently. Um, by a former coach of the Canadian national under 20 team for the women's side. And then the you know, Vancouver Whitecaps women's team. Um, and so I think the question, or I guess this, the topic now is how are these people sort of getting into the game? And is it, is it finally, are we finally at a point where everyone's going to come out and, and speak about this? We saw the movement in the NWSL that it, it's not okay like what do you make of make of all of this because it is pretty heavy it's like to me it's crazy because like it's just I mean we kind of touched upon this we've touched upon this in in previous episodes as well and like and we knew more and more stories were going to come about but this story isn't new like the mm-hmm. the one with the the white caps coach like it's not new no this story has been known so like for me and I know some of the Canadian national team players and former Canadian national team players were kind of upset that this had not been, you know, responded to. It took a while. For a while, you know, and it's like kind of sad, but I think now, like we said before, more and more stories are going to come out. Right. And we're not just allowing this to happen anymore and action is going to be taken. And I think it's necessary. And I think, Right now, Canada soccer, the women's side sits in a very good position to make a lot of um, change, like a lot mm-hmm. of very positive change. You know, they're right. they're Olympic champions, and n- there's now a platform to stand on for them right. to say, you know, look, we're a championship team. We have all the we have these medals. We're we're a successful squad, and we're no longer tolerating these things because it's hard when you're coming from a place of difficulties yeah it's a little bit easier to for people to um listen and 
respond when you're coming from a place of success. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think Canada soccer took this action rapidly in the last couple of weeks because of what happened with the NWSL? And I'm sure, I'm sure. And I know that they're asking for, for a response, especially they wanted Canada soccer to come out and make a response to, um, the allegations in the NWSL because there's a lot of Canadian players that play in the NWSL, especially the national team players, you know? So they wanted to know that they're being supported by their country's association as well. And I think it took them a while to come out with a statement, which is unfortunate because, you know, I think in Canada, we're very privileged and we kind of turn a blind eye to it because we say, oh, this is happening in the US. This isn't happening here. You know what I mean? Sorry, sorry I didn't watch it. Take your glasses off and like. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was wearing glasses. Bit of a glare. Didn't mean to yeah. add some comedy to no, that. You're kidding. Um, <laughs> a no, you're kidding. Uh, I think it's super important though because we're trying to create platforms, but there's, I think, situations for a lot of athletes currently still that don't feel they have the platform to speak up and then when they do speak up they're treated as the enemy and uh, i know this is not soccer related but for our listeners go check out the kyle beach story and the chicago blackhawk story he is the individual that came out and spoke about his coach and the allegations of abuse and for some reason everyone in the organization has turned a blind eye saying this doesn't happen or they've defended the wrong person um and I think this is what makes people with stories come out or have a difficult time coming out and talking about it because well, there's and, no set space. Right. And, and it, I think it's a little bit difficult, more difficult in men's sports too. Mm-hmm. You know, I think men in general have a harder time talking about this topic. If, if, you know, God forbid, like these things have happened to them as well. Yeah. You know, well, the stat is one in every six. It is. And, the, but the stat for men, which I also found kind of eye opening was one in every six men or man um, goes through sexual abuse or sexual assault or, or some right. sort of uh, abuse. Right. And it's not being talked about enough. And so, like you said, especially there's just no safe space. There's no platform for the, for someone to feel comfortable to come out and say, because, and again, we talked about this with the NWSL stuff, you come out and you say something And then all of a sudden you're the bad guy, you know, and your career is over and you're a problem. So you're not going to have a team to play for like those kind of things. Right. Do I shut my mouth or, and focus on my career or do I say something and risk losing my career? Well, apparently if you get a commissioner who's a pain in the ass, the way it goes, thank you and have a nice day. Yeah, exactly. Like what do you do then? And that's why, that's why nobody feels safe speaking up. And you would be surprised at how much more of this is going on. Maybe not so much the sexual assault, but just the the abuse of power from uh, from coaches, right? And no. and how much the players do not feel comfortable speaking up because they don't have the support from the club. They don't have support from the direction. They don't have yeah. support from uh, you know man uh, assistant coaches or whoever who can also see this stuff going on. Yeah. So it, to me, it's it's really sad. And you know, I I do know. I have a friend who played for, um, uh, what's the Canada soccer coach's name? Bob Barada or something. Yeah. Yeah. Barada. Um, she was on that U20 team, you know? And so I asked her, I'm like, did you, did like, as a friend, did something happen to you? Like, do you need to talk about this? And, you know, thankfully nothing did, but you know, these are her teammates and, and 
something could have happened to her, you know? And as a parent, you don't ever want to feel like you've put your, your kid is doing this sport and, you know, living at university or professional level or wherever, living in a different country and they're experiencing that. It's like, yeah scary you know well, you think you're, they're safe with a team and a and a club right. and a coach right well I but. mean I, I've like I have a little sister um and so when when I had this conversation with my mom because it came up in the news she's like you know I don't worry about you she said she's like yeah okay I worry about you but I actually worry about your sister a little bit more because she's young she's a girl um anything can happen on the side of the street anything can happen in a classroom that's so sad and the fact that thought. Right, but and the fact that um, the inability to feel like you can speak up, and and right. I think it's like my mom said, like, look, I don't want this to happen because I know the voice will get subdued. Like, there will be no voice after that happens. It will be a, a stain on your character if yeah. something happens when it should be on the person who abused you, not right on the individual themselves. Well, and that's why we see it all the time, and that's why they say people don't report like rape and abuse and things like that because victim blaming and victim shaming and all these things and then who the police they don't believe you and you're a liar and this and that and oh it's this against a athlete or something and yeah. no we got to protect the athlete you can't listen to the victim you know what I mean so it's really well, who has more money well and in this case in women's sports the club has the money and the the club runs this, the 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 show so yeah. you can't speak up you know or else, you know, your career is done and it's scary, you know, it's such a, like, I, I couldn't even imagine if this was happening in my club with, with teammates, like to that extent, you know what I mean? Like you would feel helpless. You would feel totally helpless. Like anywhere, any club, you would feel helpless unless there is a direct outlet that you know of that is like considered a space, safe space or, or a, mandatory reporting things like that but we don't even I don't even know if they have that like no. we do have a players association which is great like 100% yeah but like I mean not a lot of leagues have it and we've discussed this with the NWSL and they pull to a players association now um but it, it's the platform like players have that platform and I think we're gonna see a lot more we're gonna see a ton of this year we will see a ton of it and former players are gonna be speaking out because you know now that some it's like it's like a um domino effect you know the one fell and the rest of them are gonna fall so um now that somebody has had the courage to speak out there's gonna be more and and maybe we'll see it in the nhl you know regarding the blackhawks case maybe we'll see it in the nfl maybe we'll see it we don't know like it's it's gonna get the ball rolling though i hope and i think i agree no i do agree i mean there was a story a couple days ago as well with uh, patrice evra he was sexually abused as a young teenager and he spoke about it in his book um but like the fact that he he kept it inside he said he was 13 when it happened and the guy's 40 now so there's so many how many like like i'm just trying to put this into perspective like how many other athletes are probably in the same boat where they feel as if they can't say anything at that professional level for a guy who played for manchester united for a guy who was a captain of the french national team right so I just hope that this is a start. And I think if you if you are a, a, a person that's gone through this, um, and I'm not going to say victim because that's not the right word, but if you are a no. person that's gone through this, reach out to some of your support systems. You're not a victim, you're a survivor. Yes. Uh, you're strong and independent person. So please go out and, and reach out. Like, I mean, 
if you let's say you know Paige and you reach out to Paige and she says I don't have an answer to this question then she's gonna find that answer for you because we're here to help I mean that's what we say at this podcast Mm -hmm. but I mean in general find like the way um we'll, we'll drop something a little later this week but you know like athletes that we've spoken to on spot kick have said the same thing like surround yourself with good people yeah because those people's people will become a part of your development a part of your your strength a part of the core that you want to develop um and so like these sorts of incidents i hope i hope um come to light and and these coaches and players that are doing all this stuff are banned from the game forever well and you know on that point um, earlier we had talked about Carly Lloyd and she had made her like last statement. Um, it was like, uh, her farewell, like thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, I got to find it. Cause she says something like, you know, it's going to be lonely. You don't realize like how lonely being, a. okay, here it's called two. It's so hard to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. What is she? Um, where is it? I got to find it, but you know, it just kind of ties in with, with your point, right? That, um, oh, here she says, people see the glory, they see the parades, but they don't see everything that goes into it. And she's not talking about the hard work. She's talking about the isolation, the um, mistreatment, those things. Yep. And I gotta, I'm, I'm gonna find it, I'll come back to it, but you know. Sure. We we talk about people in platforms using um, their voice like Carly did or they're being able to write a book or come in and speak about it. But there's also players that do the exact same thing to people that like, I mean, the Benjamin Mendy situation where he's been denied bail for the third time because of what he's done. And so his his name has been removed from FIFA 22. Um, I think that's the punishment, right? Like you're looking at these players not or these individuals not being in the game anymore because it's toxic um well okay sorry i'm just reading through her thing here yeah literally one line she goes i am and i know this might come as a shock to some people a human being like why is that missed like why are athletes not considered like human beings well i mean mean? take a take the example of um fans in the game when they're yelling and barking orders at players or or derogatory terms and stuff like that they forget that that person is a human being and not an animal like this isn't cage fighting in the greek era anymore or roman era this is like people that have a life after this that you know whenever like something happens to a player and they go or a professional they say i would appreciate your privacy on this and people still don't give it because they're like well now you're in the eye of the public and we will well it's the same we saw this with britney spears we saw this with you know what i mean sorry i gotta read this is a great point she puts here the game is the game but the other game the one that happens off the field that game is a whole different beast the politics the media the favoritism the fakeness the jealousy the opinions the travel the empty hotel rooms the loneliness the unrelenting grind the injuries the slights the disappointment it's only a matter of time eventually this game will break you like 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 for you Paige you're playing this game because you enjoy it and you love it but the fact that at the end of someone's massive career like Carly Lode she can come out and say that that it sometimes there's but I, like it's it's two sides of the coin I understand that no, no I agree with everything she said and I have people message me 
at, or girls that I know or, or, you know, friends who are coaches and their, their players want to play pro and, and they're like, oh, could they, could they ask you about how, how the, the system works and stuff like that? And the first thing I always say is only get invested in this if you absolutely love it, because it's going to be the hardest thing you will ever go through and, or one of the hardest things you'll ever go through. Obviously, you know, life is, is unpredictable, but, um, you have to absolutely love it. And this will be for any professional sport. You have to absolutely love it because it is not easy. And she says it here, the politics, the media, the favoritism, the fakeness, the jealousy, the opinions, the travel, the empty hotel rooms, the loneliness, the unrelenting grind, the injury, the slights, the disappointments, all of that. Like I've only been playing professionally for two years now. And every single thing that she said, I'm like, yes, 100%. -hmm. There's been empty hotel rooms. There's been favoritism there's been fakeness there's been shitty coaches there's been you know what I mean and it's It's just like it's always going to be there right so if if you're not ready to handle that and she says this at the end she goes the question maybe the only question that matters is whether or not you're able to use that pain and heartbreak as fuel so your love of the game and your willingness to play the game has to overcome all those things and it could be an abusive coach and if you're going to continue in this sport it's how do you deal with that? Right. Mm -hmm. And it could be, you know, the sexual assault and and those girls, they put up with that because they wanted to play. They loved playing and now they're coming out and speaking about it, but that shouldn't be part of the equation. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Well, like the fear of the fear of, you know, losing a spot on a national team or losing a spot on your team or becoming a reserve player because you spoke up. Right. I mean, there's things that I understand, like, if a person just likes to complain about every little thing, I understand why somebody might not listen to them. But if it's about this, like, I don't understand why it's not going to be taken seriously, you know? But I mean, I'm not in this sphere. I'm also a man who, you know, like, I'm a, I'm a man. Like, that. that's just, a, that's the fact of, like, that's my privilege, right? Right. right. So, I mean... I don't know. I'm also not a professional soccer player. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, people will experience in, it may not be a professional sport. Athletes just, it's a little bit of a different world because, you know, you're yeah. putting your body on the line every day and, and it's about how you perform. But I mean, work is like that too. Like a regular, I don't know, nine to five or whatever you do as your yeah, job, yeah. you know, I mean, people experience it there too. It's just, it's not in the media. No, and I think we're just talking more about media professionals here, but you're right. It happens in the workplace all the time all the time but it's like the fear of losing your job well and it's like we talk about you know we talk about Everett coming out and the fact that he couldn't could only speak about it you know now he's 40 and he's just touching upon it yeah he just told his mom two weeks before the book dropped or something like that which is like which is is scary and and you know I like that Carly Lloyd says that she's like you know I am and this may shock you a human being (laughs) like just mind-boggling it, it, the fact that you you need someone to say that they're human when clearly they're they're a human being right right it's kind of disgusting it's a little little push on um it's money, money. It's, money. it's dollars um on the flip side of things i know uh Paige and i we, we talked about this off air a little bit and and the topic of non-disclosure agreements sort of came up what do you make yeah. of an NDA being signed? Like um, former players have, uh, have NDA, like before you have consent NDA you- or an NDA after the fact, et cetera, et cetera, to not get sued or lose liability, et cetera, whatever that is. Um, but like, what do you make 
of a play if a professional soccer player said to you you're having a good time with them and they go i need you to sign a non-disclosure agreement what does that tell you there's a problem there has been a problem that for me that would be a huge red flag like i would never get involved with that person i i understand it may come from good intentions like i'm just trying to save my ass in case because all these cases are coming out and i I don't want to get in trouble for that but the more we like looked into this you and I had kind of talked about it. I was like, when we talk about consent, consent can change at any point, right. you know? And if I sign an NDA, let's say before we start getting intimate or something like that, my consent could change during that moment. But now I've signed this NDA mm-hmm. and let something happens that I didn't consent to. I've already signed this NDA. Correct. But NDAs and certain consents um, there's a really good article by beyondtheboxcore.com. Um, so check that out. It is written by uh, Cheryl, Cheryl Ring, uh, July 2nd, 2021. It's about the Trevor Bauer case and the situation in the MLB. But she goes through um, the different types of consent, whether it's perspective, retroactive, uh, what sort of ratifications it has. Um, when you give consent to someone, it's oh, like you, you can't have physical harm. Like consent right. is automatically withdrawn during physical harm. Uh, harm. Um, consent changes as, like you said, as the night progresses. Consent, like there was one example that they gave about a doctor situation. And I think this might resonate a little bit better where it's like, you're getting your colonoscopy done. You've signed all the paperwork. You've signed a yes to everything. But if you voice um, or communicate moments before, even a second before the, the procedure saying you do not want this procedure anymore because you do not feel safe, they have to stop. Right. Legally, they have to stop. So like Paige said, it's the T video all over again. Consent changes. I can say yes now, but I will say no later. And that is the problem that people are not respecting that no later. Right. Or they're like, uh, that didn't say no, so we're going to keep going. You got to ask every time. It's a, it's another like, person's body. Well, that's like, I was talking to... Um... One of the girls on my team, her, uh, she plays for the Iceland national team. She's mm-hmm. Icelandic and her boyfriend's Icelandic. And we were watching the game the other day, a group of friends. And um, I didn't know there was a situation with the Icelandic men's national team and um, some sexual assault or sexual harassment cases. And I guess this is back in like 2011, like this is a while ago. And just now, I guess the, I want to say like commissioner, not commissioner, um, like the new head of let's say Icelandic soccer or or Mm -hmm. she's decided that if you're involved at all in these cases, you're suspended until they're resolved. Okay. So there's like, I want to say like five or six, I don't know the facts. This is just what our conversation, how our conversation. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll look it up right now. But, um, and for me, like this is, this is still years ago and I appreciate whoever this person is taking the steps to be like, I don't care when it was you're not you're not playing you're not representing our country if until your your case is resolved yeah. until you're cleared you know what i mean yeah and I you may like not that. be if you're guilty you're not sorry done so they just save their butt and then have to go through three years of wait or whatever and they fielded a, a player that was problematic the, yeah, another thing about that. consent while you're looking for that is um sex Contracts, contracts for sex, so NDAs that are relating to that are, are considered illegal in most American states. 
Which I agree with. Yeah. Um, and then at the same time, c- consent is to give it. You have to have the ability to give it. And that is called capacity. So when we talk about cognitive decline in a lot of older adults, oh, yeah. I get to put my thesis into this. But when we talk <laughs> about cognitive decline in older adults, um, the capacity to make decision is still there. It's how you communicate with that individual. So if that capacity changes and they're unable to give it, you can't assume it. So that's also something to take into consideration. Um, and, and, and that's, that's like, please read this article. Like, I think it's, it's done really well. And you, if you want to fact check it, um, you can from a psychological perspective. But I think in, in terms of the law, there's not a lot of wiggle room, even though people think there is. Yeah, it's, it gets tricky when you're signing papers and stuff. Like, if I'm getting involved with anybody and they're making me sign something, I am out. <laughs> like... I get the idea of it. And again, it might be with good intentions just to like kind of save their ass and stuff like that. But that's probably a red flag to begin with. That means there's, there's issues, you know, or there may have been issues. If you need a piece of paper, like just to save your ass, just in case there's probably been an issue because normal people don't think of those things. You know what I mean? No, no, not at all. Not at all. So that like for me I get it again I get the idea that they're just trying to save their ass but that also can be used in a very bad way well right now you just like if somebody says to you or me that yeah I need you to sign this non-disclosure because of cancel culture and everything going on and I need to protect my career okay but that's still a red flag it's a big red flag because I can't sign because legally they can either hold you to it or they can, like, I don't know how you can play around with it. And I think the, the Ronaldo case is also like that, where there was an NDA signed, money was given, but also Ronaldo saying that it didn't happen, it was consensual. And there's a lot of murky water in this situation where the point of the, the defendant's side ended up attaining information falsely or playing around with the information. So that's how that case got thrown out. So it's not, we're not excusing CR7, but if you're also handling a case like that at that magnitude, you cannot be falsifying or messing up. Right. That's another thing that can harm someone's career that, you know. Well, let's say like, like CR7, let's say there's these allegations and he's guilty and whatever. What, what happens? Do they let him continue to play? Well, um, probably because that's what, that's what this world is, which is absolutely ridiculous. What and he's got enough money he can pay people off or whatever right. and, and, and you look at the tax invasion issue in, in in madrid and in spain in general with messi ronaldo modric like these guys if you tax invade most likely jail sentence right excuse me but these players are getting out of it like i know you know what we'll talk about this now anyways lucas fernandez's case he broke the the restraining order he had with his wife or whatever um, and yeah. he should be in jail because that was a law. But apparently the, the the verdict now is he has four years to prove that he can't do, like he can't have criminal activity in four years. And then Normal people don't get four years to like, oh, redeem yourself. Let me put this into perspective. And I, and, I, and I don't know if I'm right for doing this, but if you are a person of color and you did the exact same thing, are you getting four years? Okay, but we could talk about this in the end of in NFL as well. Yeah. Like there's a lot of um, these issues in the NFL. Yeah. And 
some of them are are people of color and they get off. They are, they, they are getting off, yeah. Because it's the power of it's the, the power of the the club. The, exactly. The club like you look the money, at that the financials. You at, yeah, you look at the the who is it, Big Ben? Yeah. He had that whole those issues like I want to say a couple years ago. Yeah, there's a lot and got of let off. Because of the power of the owners and the clubs. And I've seen I've seen a video, it was an NFL player and it was a girlfriend or I don't know, some female he was with. And yeah, um, I think it's like an in an elevator and he's like beating the shit out of her. And they had video of it. Yeah, yeah. You probably know what I'm talking about. And I don't know if he maybe they're just like, ah yeah, sorry, you can't play for us anymore. But then he just gets traded to a new team and plays for a new team. Like Yeah, I don't remember the name, but I know what story you're talking about. I mean, one of the biggest quarterbacks in the game, uh, Houston Texans, Deshaun Watson, he's accused by three women of sexual assault assault, but he's one of those players that every team's like, Oh, we want to sign him and trade for him. Yeah, we'll sign you anyways. Because we'll deal with it later. Yeah, we'll deal with it later. Deal with it later. What the hell does that mean? But that shows, okay, the player aside, they they made those decisions to do those things. Now the club is saying, oh, it's okay. We're okay with that. You can do that as long as you play well. So they, they get pissed at someone for kneeing uh, or taking a knee at, at the national anthem fighting for Black Lives Matter. Right. But, you know, sexual assault. Like the whole Colin Kaepernick Because boys will be boys. No. Yes. Boys will not like, be boys. Why is Colin Kaepernick out of a career? Because he decided to stand up for, for you know, basic human rights. And these players are doing some really awful stuff and being let off by, by the franchise. And this is a franchise. It is a franchise. But like- it's, it's the same, but it's the same. We see it in... I'm sure there's some issues in basketball. I'm sure there's some there's some issues in you. We're seeing it now in soccer, in hockey, in baseball. We see it's it everywhere. Every sport. It depends on how you, how it's being covered. I accidentally found a website of 44 NFL players who've been accused of sexual assault. Oh my god! And I'm just going through, going, yep, yep. I remember this. Yep. So. Yeah. I think the the point of of us bringing this up is this boys will be boys talk the boys club mm, no more it needs to stop it really it's, needs to stop and and you know even if it's happening on the women's side between whip female players yeah. like it, female players are doing it to other female players like it, it we don't see that as much maybe it's maybe it'll come out eventually maybe it'll happen we don't know but the whole culture needs to change. Like, what, what's the start? Surrounding sport in general, it needs to change because it's now got this very tainted view that mm-hmm. people are just like, oh, it's fine. As long as they play well, we don't care what they do. Yeah, as long as they're bringing in the money for me. I'm and if fans, you're like, fans are like, I don't care what they do off the field. As long as they're scoring goals on Saturday morning, whatever. So what do you make of... Um canceling players or, or, or media canceling you mean like this like cancel culture stuff yeah well in the sense that okay i'll give you an example of of headley for example um with their lead singer being charged i know one of my favorite bands <laughs> you know what okay side note i deleted all their music the other day and i was like i'm actually so sad but you have to do it i went through like three of their concerts 
Yeah, I wanted like, to. I'm a to- huge. Me and my like high school, my two best friends from elementary school, like we. That's like Headley was our thing. Yeah. Right. But now, because of the whole issue, they've been canceled from radio from any sort of coverage. But this is the same, the same action that has to be taken towards athletes. So would you, know? you say, like, would you say to me that, let's say, you know, CR7's case, he's sure. guilty, whatever. Would you block him out the way we did? I would, me personally, yes, I would attempt to, but it's got to come as like a community thing. Like it yeah. has to be like all, let's say he's, he's playing for United right now, right? All United fans are like, we're not buying jerseys. We don't want paraphernalia, anything Ronaldo. We're burning Ronaldo jerseys. We're yeah. we're unfollowing him on Instagram. Like we want right. nothing to do with that. Right. You know, so it has to be right. it, one person. It's got to be a collective, you know? One person starts again. Yes. Most people are just going to turn a blind eye because he's scoring goals on Saturdays. Yeah, and he's one of the biggest names in the game, unfortunately. Right. right. No, that, I'm just curious to see, like, would you, I, I mean, I probably would. I'd have a hard time doing it, but. I mean, it'd be the right thing to do because you can't keep sprinting sort of crap. Yeah, I agree. But it's yeah. it's difficult. It's just, it's the fran- it has to start from the franchise. Like, it has to start from the the leagues and the clubs yeah, and the exactly. organization. But Well, the fact that uh, No Room for Racism started two years ago from the EPO, like... It's wild. It's, you're late. You're late on all of this. But, I mean, better late than never, I guess. I don't know. I guess that's the same. It's a start. Things are turning a little bit and I hope it continues to do that because, you know, things have to change. So just how I feel about it really pisses me off sometimes. (laughs) No, but I guess my gear is going, but this is, this is the platform for it. Right. And if you if you're listening and you have anything to add to the story, please do. I mean, we're giving these examples just from what we see, but we might be missing a perspective or not seeing something. So do do share that with us. Oh, for sure. Let us know how you feel about it, or if you've experienced it. We're here to listen. We'll take your stories. Yeah. We can chat about them on there, off air, yeah. with whenever. confidence. Uh, it'll be confidential. We'll of course. Yeah. We won't give totally. you advice, but we'll listen. Because... Yeah. <laughs> We'll listen to you. I'm not qualified to give advice, but I will listen. But should we take a quick break and come back with our off the bench segment? Sounds like a plan. Come join me, Kelton Forrest, on the On the Mic College Basketball Podcast, powered by the Garage Door Sports Network, where we talk everything from my disdain for Duke basketball to my love for Kentucky and John Calipari, and everything in between. Check us out under the Shows tab at garagedoorsports.com and listen wherever you get your podcasts. What up, guys? It's your host, Nick McVicker. And if you are looking for a weekly sports podcast to fill your sports needs, you come to the right place. Garage Door Sports, hosted by myself, Kyle Vardy, and Irfan Manji, brings you all the up-to-date news, notes, and opinions on everything in the sporting world. If you like good conversation, good friends, and a lot of jokes being thrown around, you've come to the right place. Don't forget to check us out on all your favorite streaming sites, and we will make sure we bring you content every Saturday, right here on Garage Door Sports. Okay. So that was a little heavy, but 
let's talk. It might get a little heavy again, depending on your perspective. <laughs> um, but I'll start quickly by the first story. Uh, Joshua Kimmich is not vaccinated. Um, a few Bayern players aren't, but he's one of the bigger players that uh, chooses not to get vaccinated because of not knowing the long-term effects of the vaccination process. Um, what do you make? What do you make of that? Like, I'm quite so over anti-vaxxers. I'm sorry. Like, I don't think he's like in the statement. It didn't seem like he was anti vaccine but he was just like i don't know what the long-term effects are i was like yeah but no one knows what long-term effects of yeah, vaping so, are and you're still freaking doing it i don't know what to right. tell you if, if you're not if you're not vaccinated that's fully your choice right if he doesn't yeah. want to get vaccinated sure shouldn't be allowed to play in the league uh no. shouldn't be allowed in hotels because most hotels you have to be have a vaccination to get into yeah um shouldn't be allowed on buses shouldn't be allowed in the training center like even we have to be vaccinated to get into the training center so why, like, does he have a hall pass? Well, he said that there's a very good chance that I will get vaccinated. It's simply that I have concerns. Okay. Fair. Fair. But if your entire team and the German, the German minister is telling you as a player of, uh, in the position that you're in, please get it done. I'm, I'm just, I'm a little confused as to why he hasn't done it. I'm so, I get so annoyed because like, when you're a baby, you have to get at least in Canada. I don't know about other countries. Like 15 shots. You get like a hundred shots just to be allowed to go to school. And yeah. nobody blinks an eye. Nobody asks yeah. a question. You get those shots. If you want to go to school, you get those shots. You know? Right. And again, this shirt, maybe we don't know the long-term effects. Maybe we don't know this. Maybe we don't know that. But it's your choice if you don't want to get vaccinated, but you're not, he shouldn't be allowed to do the thing. Like he shouldn't be allowed in the training center. He shouldn't be allowed on the team bus. He shouldn't be like, you you can't just allow those, that player to do those things, yeah. you know? Well, the fun, I guess the funnier, the weird part about this is last year, him and Leon Goretzka founded the initiative We Get Corona by donating money to support vaccination campaigns and charitable projects. So you donated all that money and now you're saying, ah, not for me. Belle, je ne veux pas. Okay. Why? Why? Quoi? Um, what do you for, know that we don't know? Yeah, I mean, there is there is reports. There is studies that have proven that depending on the vaccine you take. But, okay, this is what annoys me about the internet these days. If you have a point to prove, you can yeah. find anything on the internet to prove your point of view. Agreed. So if, Welcome to if, academia. Right. If... If I decide vaccines are terrible, COVID vaccine, terrible, yeah. I'm going to find a million reports that say why the COVID vaccine is terrible. If I think it's a good thing, I'm going to find a million reports that, that prove it's a good thing. So if you want to find the information, you're going to find it. Like yeah. if I, if I think if you're telling me the sky is blue and I think it's purple, I'm going to find something on the internet, some sort of study that proves that the sky is purple, you know? Yeah. Like if you're looking for it, you're going to find it. So you if you're it. looking for issues in the COVID vaccine, you're going to find it. Well, that's why they say, public health officials say you have to make an informed decision, meaning, right. meaning both sides of the coin, look at the both negatives, the look at the positives and tell me what eventually when you're picking anything, it's the pros and cons of the situation. But listen, if you're not getting vaccinated, you know, a lot of people in, in a lot of parts of the world are unable to go into a grocery store or a restaurant or go outside, but he's, he can play professionally for one of the best clubs you in the world. You can't do anything here unless you're vaccinated. Like, 
I can go to the grocery store as long as I'm wearing, like, we still have to wear masks. But mm-hmm. if I want to go to a restaurant, I have to have vaccines. If I want to go to a bar, if I want to go to an ice cream store, I have to have, I have to prove on my little, my little QR code. We have the QR codes here. Yeah. Um, before every, to get into the stadium, I have to show my QR code as a player, as a fan, as yeah. whoever, you know. Yeah. I know. So stupid. Just like we just say, make an informed decision. Um, if you're not sure about your decision, look into experts. There's so many of them. For sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move on to the weekend match roundups. Um, we'll, we won't start with two, the heavy one just yet. But uh, let's go over to Chelsea and Norwich on Saturday, this past Saturday. 7-0 drubbing. Um, no Romelu Lukaku, no Timo Werner, but Chelsea ran riot. Yeah, but uh, Chelsea's a good team. Is it that they're a good team or the fact that Norwich is probably not a full Premier League team, but a very good championship side? Probably a little bit of both. Like, we've seen Chelsea's turn since, you know, last season when um, Thomas Tuchel took over. Yeah. And I think they've been on a little bit of a roll since then. I think it's really helped the club and and – I think it's a little bit of both, but I mean, Chelsea just steamrolled them. <laughs> like, and it wasn't even a contest. And well, that's I mean, there was also a red card in there, so that doesn't. Yeah, help. but that that didn't impact the way that Chelsea dominated. I know, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. when you're playing against that good of a team and you're a man down. I thought defensively Norwich were a little bit better once the guy got sent off because they realized, <laughs> oh wait, we have to play defense now. <laughs> what? Um, like Max Aaron's is supposed to be one of the best young right backs in the game. Didn't look very good. Timo Pookie, uh, yeah, Pookie, Timo Pookie. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you doing, man? You can score in the championship. He was better in the Euro, that's for sure. Well, yeah, he was surrounded by better players. Well, not better players, but players that know his game a little bit better. Because, but like they're not a Premier League side, and it's it's like okay, Fulham. but you know, okay. Yeah, yes. Yeah. But we also have that United game. Could you say United's not a Premier League side? We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Hold on. We'll but get that's to my, that. That's what I'm saying. I know. I know. But like Norwich, week in, week out, lose like this. Yes, yes. And I, I think that, but like they, like last year, I watched them in the championship and I was like, wait, is this the same Norwich that gets their butts you know into them? But maybe they need, just need more time to develop in the championship. I think, well, like, they're better than the teams in the championship. They have such a good young squad. I think what they're missing is experienced players. So you and think maybe that I'm, they go into the the December window or January window and just try and buy experience? They won't. They don't have the money for it. They'll have to go get a loan. Like, look over, like, they picked up Brandon Williams from United. That's not a good pickup, but no. look over for Diallo. Look yeah. over to um, Spurs and go see if you can pick up one of their younger players. Excuse me. Um, Arsenal, um, they've got a good system. Uh, Ketia doesn't play as much, but go get him. You know, like, it's trying to make these smart little buys. And maybe it's, like, I like the coach. I like what he brings, but maybe he's not the right Premier League coach. Right. And so at what point do you look at it and go, oh, let's go bring Steve Bruce in or Sam Allardyce because they well, understand the league. Like, sometimes they could be a fantastic coach, but they're just not a match with the team, you know? And maybe that's the situation here. They just don't match with the team. Or he 
he, like you said, he's just not a Premier League coach. Like he's a fantastic championship coach, but maybe uh-huh. he's just not a Premier League coach. Like maybe he needs time with someone in the Premier League as an assistant coach sure. for a year or two, and, and yeah, maybe do exactly. that, or, or bring on someone with Premier League experience, like an Eddie Howe or a Frank Lampard, and kind of yeah. see how that goes. But right, just have them as like there as like a assistant or as yeah. an advisor or something. But don't take away like he, they play really well in the championship. It's just it's it's <laughs> sorry, it's sad to see when you lose like five nil, seven nil for any club when you lose lose massively not to hit our sore spot, but when you lose massively, it's not a fun thing. Um, the next game, let's go over to Roma Napoli nil nil. Roma got absolutely torched six one yeah. in the conference. That was weird. Um, but both managers getting sent off. Um, Roma's starting to play like Mourinho. Like no, but like start thinking of Mourinho as a player. If he was a player, that's how his players are playing. Like in your face, yeah. yelling, complaining, bitching about everything. That is Roma for you. Yeah, but this is prime example how your manager sets the tone for your environment and for your your players. Like, the coach sets the tone. So if that's how your coach behaves, how do you think players are going to behave? Yeah, I don't. Maybe that's why, you know, like, is Mourinho, should he be a coach anymore? <laughs> it's barbaric. Just crazy. Um, Not much to say about that game, I guess. No. Kind of craziness oh it was it was such a boring game napoli yeah um i think napoli's luck might start turning because they haven't really been winning games uh, they've been winning games yes but they haven't looked good winning those games and i think it's catching up right. well we'll stay in italy we'll go to inter versus juve what are your thoughts about this game this was the best match of the weekend okay and okay. that and that's saying a lot because if you're you know a uh, Reds fan, that's probably not what you wanted to hear. But no, like tactically, uh, player roles, players knowing what their, their roles are in the game, um, the passing, the movement on and off the ball. Like it was just a very good coached game. Yeah. It was unfortunate. A, it's funny we had like kind of an early goal and then kind of a late goal. The early goal was, um, it was a weird deflection. And, and, and you know, Edin Dzeko being the man that he is, always in the right spot at the right time um but the penalty you know that, that that's just a late it looked like it was out of the box didn't look like it was a penalty in my opinion but VAR gave it a penalty because of yeah, the, sure. the point of contact VAR. with the um but it was just a very very good game um Chiesa Diabala coming in later on Bonucci looked good Kalini looked good Alice Alexandro has just become a, a fantastic player mm-hmm. best player all game though was Inter's Barella just bossed that midfield bossed them up it it was the best game i watched and and because i think i didn't have any sort of emotional attachment to the game right or anything like that kind of a neutral party yeah and it was just it was good good soccer that you know i haven't seen uva play since allegri um you know bringing back the allegri style which is probably their identity and then inter i like how Inzaghi's come in and he's he's kept the same personnel but everyone is just defensively so good so good um so kudos to that i was I one of the be- better games and let's go over to psg versus marseille <sighs> that was a crap game <laughs> we just Come talked on. about a very good game that was a really bad game i can't with the french league right now so i asked you this earlier but is this common for riding in marseille with vo- water bottles and lasers yes. and 
Yeah, yeah. So I have a former teammate who now plays on the Marseille women's side. And so she goes to games all the time. And I always see on her like stories and stuff, like the fans before the game are doing this stuff, like not even during the game, like before the game, they're like ready to go. Like Marseille fans are wild. Well, they'll get a match deduction because of fans running riot. Because apparently that's a rule in the French game. Like it's crazy. Like there's just like no, and that's just like the culture of the fan base in Marseille. You know what I mean? It's just like, I'm sure after games is nuts. Like the city. Well, you lose and win whatever against PSG, but like, is that safe? Like you, you, you're throwing water bottles. You're. It's like one of those games where you like don't take your kids and your wives to. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Just don't go to Marseille games. Yeah, it would be fun though. Like I think it would be a fun experience, but they are the fan section, like the supporter like, section. Yeah. Yeah, the supporter section is like insane. So basically, you go either absolutely dressed up in a Marseille kit or you go neutral, so you don't. But um, yeah, neutral. Yeah. neutral mm. and if they ask yes i'm a marseille fan <laughs> what do you mean uh it was just a bad game yeah i see neymar and bape together on paper wonderful on the pitch yikes sounds very similar to the france national team on paper fantastic the men's side on paper fantastic yikes. in reality <laughs> so uh, Ashraf Hakimi gets a red card in the game. They're down to 10 men. And Poch doesn't take off Messi, doesn't take off Neymar, and doesn't take off Mbappe, who all three do not come and track back and play defense. Who does he take off? Paige's favorite. And Hadi Maria. And that, like, tactically, it was just poor. It didn't make sense. Why are you taking up the guy that you know has an engine that's going to play defense, going to go to the attack? I think Neymar should have come off. He was the one that was getting the most booze, struggling the most. But I digress. I'm not Poch. I don't know what's going on. I think he just doesn't want to upset the crowd, but he's going to have to upset somebody. He's playing to fans right now. He's not playing to win games. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next game. (laughs) We move to the two biggest storylines of the... The two games with the biggest storylines of the week. We'll yeah, start with Barca. Yeah, let's start with the El Clasico there. Yeah. Barca Real Madrid, El Clasico. Um, Barca have lost four Clasicos in a row. Yeah. Resulting in a firing of a coach. Ronald Koeman getting fired after losing to not Real Madrid, but Rio Vallecano. Uh, yeah. 1-0 in a game where Memphis Depay missed a penalty. So, I don't can, even know what can Barcelona afford firing him. No, Barcelona's <laughs> to bring in a new coach. Who are they going to bring in? Well, it's it's Xavi, is what the reports are saying. Oh, is it is? I haven't seen. No, the so they've uh brought their Barca B coach up as an interim position. Sure. And then there's been conversations with Xavi and him uh, terminating his contract and and. and in the Middle East and and making his way Interesting. to Barcelona. Interesting. I don't think that's the right decision. <laughs> um, what do you make of the match if you had a chance to watch it? It was very early in the day for me, so I didn't I didn't see it. Barca. Yeah. 
Um, no, I only saw highlights. I didn't watch the full match. Not very impressed with Barca much since everything's kind of gone down. I think they've lost some respect from players a little bit, which I understand. I think they've, um, they're, they're spiral, spir- spiraling yeah. a little. That word came out very difficult. No, no, it's okay. Very difficult, but um, I think they're spiraling a little bit. Um, yeah. Are they going to hit the the AC Milan Manchester United low of five to seven years? Will the where they need to refine their identity or work towards finding their identity before they I could see that because like like you saw it at, at United, like Sir Alex was a big like identity maker right and after he left it took it's still they're still kind of in a well they're so quick to to pull the leash on anybody and everybody yeah same thing at ac milan between their coaches like if if the current manager did not have a winning end to last season or the season before there's no way he's coming back right and i think we're seeing that now at barcelona with the loss of messi because i think he was like the sir alex at barca you know what i mean so yeah, i think the expectation is yeah, I will say they've they were kind of spiraling before that, but that was like the last nail in the coffin. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think, um, yeah, I think it's going to take them a while to rebuild, especially because they have no money. So, well, they just put uh, one billion dollar clauses at the end of release clauses for Ansu Fati and I believe Pedro. Yeah, right. So. They're just trying to what get buyback. Like it's okay. Newcastle can afford that. Yeah, they're not even bothered. Yeah. Uh, let's move over to Real Madrid quickly then, because sure. so Ancelotti made a comment that <laughs> Hazard is not one of his favorite players currently, which he won't choose because Vinny and Rodrigo and even Bale are going to get picked over Real Madrid. Are you surprised? No, he shouldn't even have gone to Madrid. I agree. He shows up on day one, A, not fit to play, and then picks up injuries. I think Real Madrid, if you're, you know, anyone but a Spanish or Portuguese or, I guess, a German player, you're going to go and injured for some reason. I don't know what it is with anything yeah. Welsh or Belgian or anything of that sort of. I don't know what it is. Like, look at every single English player or British player that's gone to Real Madrid. They've been good, but they've always been injured or out of yeah. favor. Beckham, Owen, Bale. But I, and I live by this philosophy and I won't preach it until I die. Like you have to find, just because you're a fantastic player, doesn't mean you're a good fit for every team. Mm-hmm. Like you have to find a team and a coach that fits with you, your style, your, your lifestyle, your, your, your personality, those kind of things. So you pull Beckham out of, let's say Premier League where he was superstar. It goes over there. It doesn't do well. Look at who's the coaches at the time. Look at the league at the time. It's not, it's not. Look at the players around him. They don't call. The thing is, they you buy compliment. these superstar players, but they're not there to compliment you. They're there because they're individual talents. Well, we see it too when players get pulled into national teams. Like you might have a player at a, at a club, let's say Bordeaux, for example. Like we might have a really good um, midfield pairing. Mm-hmm. Let's just say, I'm talking about the men's side. Maybe we have a fantastic midfield pairing. And one of them gets pulled into their national team and they're not so great at the national team. It's just that pairing was spot on. Like they complement each other. Well, that's what allowed them to succeed. They may not be the most amazing player in the world, but that pairing made them shine. And that example, I'll add to it. 
Angola Conte and Paul Pogba played sure. so well for the national team. Now take away. Conte is yeah. just a, a, a gem. Yeah, but, but Pogba's but, like nowhere to be found. Yeah. Right? He's so, getting thrown out of games, whatever. Um, <laughs> lastly on Hazard, he's been linked to Chelsea or Newcastle. Does he come back to the Premier League? He needs a coach that, that will let him control the pace of the game. He also needs, I think he needs a lot of uh, a coach who like really believes in him right now. Like he's kind just, of in this like yeah. ebb. Yeah. Like yeah. in an ebb right now. And I can he needs see a little him. push. I can see him with Pep Guardiola actually. And here's why. Because I think Raheem Sterling's on his way up. Yeah, I think sure. Riyad Mahrez might push his way out, and why not go get yeah. someone on the cheap? Because he can't afford to spend a hundred million. No, and if Hazard could be amazing, he just needs the right ingredients. Like he needs the right mix. And having him play with KDB, like how nice will that be? Exactly. Well, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. why, why not give it a try? Yeah, just don't come to United. He's always injured. Yeah, we don't Bring him to City. Give him to City. Speaking of United Liverpool. Oh dear Lord. What was that? Where do you want to start? So I read today that I think it was Rashford came out like on Twitter. He was like, I know I've been quiet on here for a little bit, but I'm embarrassed on our performance. I don't even know what to say. The fans deserve better. Blah 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 blah. I was like, oh my god, just better you don't say anything, <laughs> you know? Like, You know what? Show me next match yeah. when you play Spurs because they're struggling as well. Liverpool was just laughing at us, though. Like, I'm the, embarrassed. The funny part is the whole narrative is on United losing and yeah. United's issues. Not on Liverpool winning. But how good has Liverpool been? And I know I tweeted this, and I'm tooting my own horn on this, but it's the performance from Liverpool was ruthless. You are a championship team. This is how you play. For sure. This and is they the benefited path. from having Van Dyke back, for sure. They're a you whole what, different though? back line with Van Dyke. But Van Dyke wasn't the best defender. No, but but you know what I mean? I think it's the presence. Yeah, yeah. Presence, exactly. Yeah. And like last season we talked about they had like eleven different defensive pairings. And none and of them are at the club. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now they have that consistent presence. And I think he brings a lot. And like you said, he wasn't the best defender in the game, but he was a presence and he's there and he's consistent and he, he doesn't makes, need to be. He makes so many people around him so good. They didn't have Fabinho. They didn't have um, uh, Matip. They didn't have Sadio Mane starting. Like three of their most important players. And well, and you have the confidence. Like when you have confidence like that in one of your defensive players, you feel more capable to go do things. Like oh, if I make an error, he's got me. We're good, you know. Yeah, but who was Van Dyke really defending? <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> was he really? De- Let's be real. Ronaldo was pocketed whole game by the midfield. For sure, but that's what I mean. You know, like. It's just like, it, again, it's just a presence. It's that confidence. Like, okay, I feel good. Like, I got, like, you know, he's got my back. I'm yeah. good to go. Let's go. Um, Mohamed Salah doesn't get enough love, but he should. He had a good game. He had a hell of a game. Bobby Firmino. Uh, no, it was Jota. Sorry. Firmino yeah. was another game. But Jota yeah. was good at, at pulling players away. 
Just a good, good. Yeah, we good just looked moment. awful. United just looked honestly horrible. horrible. Why? What is it, Kay? We didn't look prepared. That's the word. It was. Are you was surprised a... that? Sorry. No, no. Am I surprised? What? Are you surprised that um, there was no sacking of the coach? Yes and no. And how about? I know you said you wanted him. I think it's time for him to get fired, but I'll yeah. play the devil's advocate on that because okay. I don't think it's only Oligon and Solskjaer's fault. No. The issue is, A, the players clearly didn't come out to play. No. Harry Maguire is not a top defender. Jesus Christ, don't even get me started. Okay. Aaron Wan-Bissaka, every single one of his touches is a heavy touch. Mm-hmm. he gets the ball at his feet and it goes a meter away from him every time it doesn't stick to his feet another problem okay um that midfield what are fred and mctominay doing they're not yeah but our midfield hasn't looked good the last few games like this isn't right a, a i'm just thing. adding to the list of issues yeah so you have those two i don't understand the confidence in both why is donny Vanderbeek on the bench when he can play Again, a but- Okay, you say it's not coaching, but that's a coaching decision. That is a coaching decision. But I'm also, now I'm going to go back to the players on the pitch. Greenwood and Rashford do not track back. No. Rash only tracks back when you have Mourinho because Mourinho's like play defense, right? Right. Ronaldo doesn't track back. Cavani comes in and he gives you the most effort out of every single attack. For sure. Right? So Cavani yes, always will. He always gives the most effort. And I know it's not only coaching. Um... Pogba comes into the game. I first said, why isn't Paul Pogba starting? Because we need some creativity in the midfield. Because I think Bruno Fernandes was supposed to be, wasn't even supposed to play because he was injured. Yeah. Comes in and screws it up. I don't think Oli's the only problem. I think it's, I think what needs to happen is Pogba needs to go. I think Maguire cannot be your captain anymore. And no. I think you need to start letting in other players not named McTominay and Fred at the same time. Yeah. If those are your names, you can't play together. (laughs) All right. No, but like at that point, I would have just played uh, Matic. I honestly would have just been like, sit in front of, sit in front of the defense. Do not leave our half. Do not go anywhere and let, let Paul and um, Fernandez play the game. Do you think, um, I will get your fire point of uh, view, but do you think Ali and Solskjaer needs to go back to the 4-4-2? Or the four four one one sort of formation that Ferguson brought into United, and it was effective because of the personnel that he was bringing in. Because let's do this, right? It would take sure. away the pressure from the back four. Yeah. Um, you could put Donny into the game. You can have McTominay or or you get more options. Yeah, you do. And you know what though? Like you can put Fernandez in the middle. You can put Pogba on the left. You can put you on the right and you can have Cavani. I don't get like why everybody's trying to force this 3-5-2 formation like if you don't have players for it why are we like just in general like in the league in general yeah unless you have the team for it it's a very difficult formation to like get because everybody's taught a 4-4-2 when you're growing up it's 4-4-2 4-3-3 that's what yeah. it is you know yeah and so unless you have the correct personnel if you have the right players you're gonna crush teams with this formation Right. But if you don't, it's like forcing something that's not meant to fit. It's like a, what is it? Square peg in a round hole or whatever they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
so for me, I agree. I think it's better. Let's just go back to a basic formation, learn this system. And like you said, it allows for more players to get involved in the game. It's, rotate it's like the second squad. nature. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like second nature. You don't have to think about it. You know, everybody knows how to play a 4-4-2 or a 4-3-3, you know? Yeah, yeah you understand and the, the... Why tradition. are we trying to like, you know, what is it? Fix something that isn't broken? Like we're, it's like, what's the purpose? Like, what's the point? What is the point? I think I it's... I got my ink. And <laughs> yeah. No, and I, and I blame Ollie for this is stick to a formation man yeah you cannot go four two three one or four three three or four two four one game stick to a formation start with that formation for the confidence and if the game calls if you're playing city and you realize you're getting defensively uh offensively outplayed you know what marcus rashford can come deeper greenwood can come deeper cavani starts cavani will come play as a center forward like, there's things that you can do within the yeah. game, and, and I don't think he does that enough. And yes, that is where I'll give him the stick for it. He doesn't move on the fly. Well, and I get super annoyed, like, and again, like, just talking about strictly formation, like, why why do teams need six different formations? Why do I need to know six different formations? Why can't, like, if I'm a coach, I'm having one, maybe two possi- possible formations in case things change in the game. And I want every player to know the formation inside and out, mm-hmm. inside and out. So, you know, exactly where you need to be at every point. If you start playing six formations. Players are like, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And I, coaches, coaches don't get that. Coaches are like, well, you're a professional player. You should know this. You should know how to do. It. No, you still have to teach me that formation. Like you still have to teach the players how to adjust to that role, what they're supposed to do in this formation, what they're supposed to do in that formation. Yeah. And, and it's like, it blows my mind that coach is like, well, I'm not here to teach you something. You're a professional player. You should already know this. Like, what's your, what are you doing here? I can coach myself. Thanks. Like, You are not a professional because you still need to learn. Every, yeah. every coach, like if I tell you play a 4-3-3, okay? There's four different variations of it. False, nine, yeah. defend, attack, or just a flat. That's yeah. four different ways to play the same formation. Are you teaching your players that? Are you telling them how you want them to play? And every, like you said, every coach wants something different from the same formation. Like one coach, if we're in a 4-3-3, they might want, like you said, false nine or something. Yeah. Or wingers that are high every single time pressing yeah. those fullbacks. Another yeah. one might want everybody tucked inside. Give them the outside. We're defending the middle. Like, yeah. it, and I hate that when coaches are like, well, you should know. Oh. I can't read your mind. So you're on the track that Oli should be fired. Why? I, okay, I only say that because that's the easiest thing to say. <laughs> so like, <laughs> blame the coach, right? I think, and again, I think the players can do better, but it's also, it comes down to coaching decisions. Like we've said, why are you not putting, why is McTominay and Fred in there together? Like that's a coaching decision. Why? That's a late game decision, not a starting yeah. game decision. But that's what I mean. That's the coach's decision to play those players, right? To me, so it comes down to, yes, you can, you, you've you made this coaching decision, but again, the players need to do better. Like they have to accept that that 5-0 is them on the field doing shit wrong, right? But if something's not working on the field, a lot of the time it has to do what's going on in the locker room or what's going on in training sessions. And if you then change the coach, let's say in this example, they change the coach and it's still the same, then the players are the issue. 
or the the environment is the issue but if you change the it's the same core but that's what i mean like but some players respond differently to different coaches some coach sees sees something differently like we saw it with chelsea yeah you bring in you've got the same players exact same players and you bring in a fantastic coach and the environment changes people are excited to play again they give chelsea a year though huh give them a year yeah True, yeah. but but we saw but you saw the change instantly. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And we don't have that at United right now. It's kind of this like like. Well, the change was instant when Mourinho started. The change was instant when Ali started, but it feels like it's the same core and the same person. Unfortunately, I don't think Paul Pogba, and I think the world of this guy. I think he's a fantastic player, but I don't think he's a United player anymore. Well, and like we've talked about, it, sometimes like you're the best player, but it's just not a good fit. Like it's just no. not the right team like maybe maybe he goes to italy or comes to comes back to france or you know or just another team in the epl or or find a coach that can work with him you know what i mean because i mean we've heard rumors of him wanting to leave last season and things like that so you know maybe he's it's just not the environment for him no i think real madrid would be a good spot for him but that is because Ancelotti can adapt to any player uh but that's we could talk about United forever. Oh my god! Yeah, but as a fan, what what are you looking for as a change for next game? Some sort of cohesion. Yeah. Some sort of um, excitement. Some sort of like combinations. Don't go like down that. two like nil the, in the first fifteen minutes. Yeah. Right, like something that. But it's so sad because like. I was not surprised that we went down to nil. Like I was just like, yeah, okay. You know, which is sad. Like you shouldn't expect that from your team. Like we need to be defensively like, like we're a mess. There's no yeah. organization. I just want organization. Even if we are tying team zero, zero. Cool. We're organized. We're defending. Well, we haven't taken a goal. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have no problem losing five. No zero, but the effort needs to be there. Right? And just add to yeah, your point. Yeah. But I would like to see next game a bit of squad rotation. I want to see guys on the fritz not playing enough. Like put in an Alex Tellers into the game. Start right, an Eric right. Bailly into the game. Put Diego Dallo into the game. Have Donnie play. Change it up. You know? Well, and the subs seem to be always consistent too, you know. But I, I think Cavani's been one of the best subs in the entire season. Like yeah. he comes on and, and just livens things up. But why are we not changing a midfielder? Why are we not changing? You know what I mean? Like, why is, I get he put Pogba in, but like you said, put, I don't know, Donny van de Beek or put, I don't know, just, it is what it is. You're going to get effort from a guy who isn't getting play. This is when you need to play him because that's his effort. Um, But anyway, any final thoughts on any of the matchups from this past week? No. Oh, we're good. Okay. Well, that does it for today. Final thoughts? Mm, the hard knock life being a United fan right now. <laughs> hey, man. No, I don't really have anything to say. I think we touched upon a lot of stuff today. Make sure you check out our interview. We did an interview um, with this episode. Are we putting it all together? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll put it. We'll do it next week or a couple of days after this. On the so we have a, yeah, we have a really cool interview coming out. Make sure you follow us on Instagram to be ready of, um, to be ready for that. Um, yeah. It's a pretty quick little interview, but um, 
pretty uh big player so we're excited about that um any final thoughts for you yeah um Ada Hagerberg is back and looking good for Lyon and I'm very happy to see that because it was about 20 months since the last time yeah she's been gone for a while um and I know I've told you this a few times as one of the best players in the world um it's nice to see her healthy definitely so any players out there that are injured I I I hope you're healthy soon because it's been a year of injuries it's been a lot of injuries this year in our league for sure yeah stay healthy yeah stay healthy um be sure to subscribe to the podcast and give us a like or leave a rating super helpful for us so please do that um you can also follow us on twitter at touchline th or you can follow me at culver underscore page and irfan at irfan manji don't forget to follow our network and garage door sport on twitter or garage door sports on instagram or check out garage sports.com uh thanks everyone for listening and we will see you next match day cheers <laughs>